done choking down the last year's stale cord nuts there, RJ. Ah, uh, you, you did choose to tell everybody. Yes, I. there was a leftover package of corn nuts here. And there were a few left in there. I'm like, you know what? I need some energy for this post game. They were quite stale, but I think that kind of sets the tone perfectly, uh, for <laughs> given how the game went. Yeah, and that's why that's why I've decided to bring it up. Thanks everybody for joining us here at Emerald City Hockey's post game live, presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. This is a rough one, RJ. Obviously, five one loss is never a fun thing. It's never a good thing. However, I, I do think that there were some positives here. And I'm just going to start off with this, RJ, or maybe I should save it, but I am going to start this off and I'm going to throw it out there. This was actually encouraging for me as far as I, I think I would rather see Minnesota in the playoffs. And I'm saying that after this game over, let's say like a Vegas or a Colorado or a Dallas, I, I think, I think I would rather see Minnesota after this game. Am I, am I crazy? Am I not? I think a little bit. I, I want to know why. And I, I understand. I think I might know where you're going with this because the Kraken were able to generate a lot of really good chances and they were able to get yeah. to the middle and they were able to suppress shots really well against the wild. But the problem is if you play the wild in the playoff series, you still got to face Mark Andre Fleury. And in the playoffs, especially in a small sample size, goaltending rules all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. T- tell me. Tell me why it would be a good thing to face Marc Andre Fleury in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, and, not... remember this is not 27. I mean, no, it's like 2015 or whatever it was anymore. This is 2023. This is 2023. Look, Marc Andre Fleury last year with Minnesota in the playoffs went two and three, had a 906 save percentage. That's hardly, you know, world beating. Like, like he's he is still beatable in the postseason. Basically, anywhere away from Vegas, he is beatable in the postseason. So uh, I, I I don't think it would be that bad. I also think that, you know, look, he's logged a lot of games this year. I, I just think that that's, you know, he's 38, RJ. He is 38 years old. He is going to slow down at some point. Postseason seems like the, the spot to do it. I, I just think you outplayed Minnesota through so much of this game. So much of this game, the Kraken outplayed Minnesota. They they won the faceoff battle against Minnesota. I mean, like they outplayed Minnesota at every stretch. Matt Boldy is not going to stay this red hot, like unbelievably hot the way he's been right now. That's not going to happen come playoff time. I don't think that Mark Andre Fleury can goalie you every single night. Like I just don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's where we disagree. I do think Mark Andre Fleury can goalie you every single night if you are the Seattle Kraken. He's done it basically every time they faced him in his whole career. I, I and then also they get Kaprizov back, and that's just that's going to be dangerous. Yeah, that is going to be a little bit dangerous. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's I think it's going to be all right. I I really do. I I think it's it's fine. Uh, let's see what Chad has to say. Uh, Ty, one team wanted to win, and two players. Um, I don't entirely. Is there is there like is there a, later a second part, of that? part to that? I'm not seeing one. Sorry, Ty. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, crack it, hog. I really hope the boys remember this night. If we go up against Minnesota in the playoffs, this was frustrating to watch, and I'm sure to play. They need to use this game as a drive when it counts. I do think that's another reason why you could potentially go up against a Minnesota. Like the Kraken will be more motivated to play and to win. Uh, and, and like I said, they already were in this one and they played super well, like, like games like this, where you substantially outplay your opponent, don't end five, one against you very often. And the fact no, that they don't get it out of the yeah. way now before the playoffs. Eh. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, 
but yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it could be good to get this out of the way. I, the more I, I've just kind of been thinking about it as we've been going on. The Wild also, like, they, they can finish. That's one of the things that worries me. We've talked about this, like, all season. Like, there are teams that can, oh, hi, Afra. Okay, I'm going to just stop with my point right there. How no, are you doing? I, we, I, we, we need her here after this one. I was going to say, Therapy Dog Afra is here. Uh, she did this all on her own. I was not trying to derail you there, RJ. I think she's trying to say that I'm crazy. That's why she's trying to get so, so close to the mic. She's just trying to say I'm nuts for for going off on Minnesota here. As I read the yikes and the painful in chat and the striatic, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's why we're here too. Yeah, I mean, Lindsay, you still prefer Minnesota over Dallas in the playoffs? Flurry and Ottinger are both going to be nightmares to go against. Flurry will be a problem to go against. I'm not saying he won't be, but I also don't think that this this happens night in night out. I think you're a substantially better team than the wild on paper in, in for the Kraken outside of the crease. And I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I have enough painful memories, I guess, of, of flower uh, to, to not trust him. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, exactly. I think you're thinking of those just a little bit too much from about a decade ago. Um, but you know, uh, yeah. Did he win with, the, with Vegas RJ? Well, <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> just saying, right? Saying, like, goalies are just so matchup based. Like there are certain goalies that have the Kraken's number. Like hey, if they face James Reimer in a playoff series, I'd be scared. Yeah. You know, like, you know, he was, he had the, who's the other one that always, that always does. Well, it was flower Summers. and Reimer. Those are the two that come to mind yeah. for me. <laughs> so heck yeah. Minnesota with James Reimer in it. It's just, it's weird. Goaltending's weird like that. Um, yeah. It is a little weird. Okay, what are you doing here, you? Uh, seems like they just stopped playing at times, or possibly I just missed the whistles because ESPN won't stop doing interviews during play from Vavarine. That is a problem with the, these ESPN like national broadcasts. I don't know why they, they like to do that so much. I mean, there's plenty of other opportunities to do those coach interviews. I feel like back at the NBC days, very rarely would it kind of bleed into play. Uh, but these ones, I mean, they go on a long time. It's a lot of questions they ask the coaches. It is. I mean, they've kind of built that as like a centerpiece of the broadcast and, and really trying to do a lot of that stuff. But yeah, then they've got to put the play down in a little window and everything. And, and sometimes it's the start of a power play and you're you're missing some really key time. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of it either, although I will say, I, you know what? The part of it that that, may, that really frustrates me, you see like how engaged the coaches are for those interviews. They're like totally there. They're giving it the full attention while a game is going. And I'm just like, I don't know. It just it feels weird and wrong to me. I don't know. Uh, but as far as like, they seems like they stopped playing at times. I agree with that. I think there was a point in this one, mainly the entire third period where the Kraken just were like, dang, we hit a wall and this is just not working. We're, we're outplaying them and we have nothing to show for it. And and then, you know, they they still, even even with the Kraken, I feel like not being at 100% effort for that third period, managed to continue to outplay the Wild through parts of it. it yeah, was, I mean, I think Minnesota crazy. took their foot off the gas a little bit, but you could see the yeah. moment, too, after that third goal where they allow a breakaway pretty much right after, after that. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, Johansson hits the post and crossbar. Like, that's the point where you're like, okay, the, this is, this is kind of it for the Kraken tonight. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Bach, our only hope is that we play against the Avs in the first round. Clearly can't handle Minnesota or Dallas. I can't wait to see the groovy haters pin this entire loss on their goalie. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not on Grubauer a night like tonight. Uh, I know the save percentage is just taking a beating right now as the Kraken oh, yeah. continue to be really good at shot suppression. But, you know, you look at the goals, like the Middleton goal. When is he supposed to see that? You look at the the boldy, the first Boldy goal. It's like, well, that's, you know, you let any player walk into the slot there on a power play, like they score. That's just what happens. You can say that about a couple of these. Like, I don't think Grubauer played especially bad, despite the numbers looking really bad. Uh, that's in part just because if, you're, if your team's not going to allow a lot of shots, it means the ones that get through do that much more damage to you. Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast earlier today, just kind of the, the way the Kraken play, and it can make goalies look worse than what the numbers are. I mean, this one looked particularly bad numbers-wise. I mean, four goals against on 13 shots. That's not going to help the save percentage at all. Um, the only one I really would kind of want him to have is that that third one, so the second Boldy goal that mm -hmm. that kind of we went through Baneer's legs. It's tough to track, but you, you just you want your goalie to get some piece of that, hopefully. Um, but other than that, I, I think that's the only one. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Craig and our goaltending has not been very hot as of late. Do you see Hackstall bringing up Driggs or Decord in the rotation in the next few weeks as we approach the playoffs? We talked about that on the deep dive earlier today. Bottom line is no. I, I think it's it's going to be, you know, barring an injury, it will be Grubauer and it will be Jones. And really, it's going to be Grubauer. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's pretty the much. Line. I and and see, I, I go yeah, for go it. Well, I, just, I feel like we should also, again, we've addressed it a little bit, but like we're getting some pushback here with like AK, not on Grubauer. Are you out of your mind? Seriously? Like I, the other factor for this one too is look, the Kraken didn't score a goal until very late in the game. Like this. Yeah. The game was you over. Look at by the, the game in its entirety. Did. Yeah. You basically got shut out in all the game that mattered too. Like that has to take precedence too. Grubauer can't score goals. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, Show me show if if the Kraken had been able to do what the Wild were able to do, say on the Middleton goal, the first goal of the game, Flowers not stopping that. Nope. You know why? Because he can't see it. Like, like that's why <laughs> you got like five people between him and the puck. Like that's it's just there are some things that are just basic that that no goaltender is going to be able to deal with. And the bottom line is the Kraken have been putting their goaltenders in tough spots like that. You look at um, Grubauer's last start against the. Uh, the the predators again it was like the same thing you had like weird um weird tips down low or you had total screens i mean he's just there's nothing a goaltender can do in those situations for the kraken it's about putting the opposing goaltender especially on night like nights like tonight it was very clear very early on in this one rj that flower was on and he was stopping everything the Kraken were trying to do. This is where I would like the Kraken to try to pivot, try to get more traffic in net, try to focus on that instead of trying to continue to focus on this kind of spread out offensive zone attack, trying to get some puck movement going. No, get old school, take away the, the goalie's eyes, try to get a goal or two, try to score a, a greasy one in and around the crease, get a rebound, something like that, and then work from there. But the bottom line is when when you you can tell when a goalie is feeling it that night, and then you've got to do whatever you can to stop them from having that feeling. And if that means getting in their face, if it means giving them a little bump, Kraken have to be prepared to do that come playoff time. And right now it doesn't look like they are. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Schwartz, I guess, in a way, tried early on taking that goalie interference penalty, kind of running into Flurry, but uh, he was unfazed by that. But yeah, I mean, you've got to just get in his eyes. And, and Dave Haxtell, I think, was asked about that this morning, too, with the, facing a good goalie like Saros and then another one like Flurry tonight. You know, how do you create goals against goaltending like that? And I think his answer was like, well, the old-fashioned way. You know, you don't do anything fancy. You just put traffic to the net and, and 
take give them shots where the goalie can't see it. It's it really is the old fashioned way of generating goals that it's tried and true. I'd like to see the crack and again just do a little bit more there. The Wild did it did a good job of that tonight. You, I, there are a few plays tonight where I'm just like, oh man, I crack and just steal that, do that exact same right. thing that the Wild just did. Yeah, just take, just copy paste. It's it could be that easy. Uh, Lindsay, the worst part about this loss, aside from throwing away the valuable two points in the standings, is no John or JT to come for us with funny riffs and joking through the pain. That is always the worst part. Is is getting stuck with uh, without our our normal group of guys there doing it all. I mean, and and Piper with the with the intermission interviews and everything, like the whole broadcast. You miss it every time. Uh, Root's not in charge. Uh, Tammy, I was frustrated, but more by Fleury's goaltending. I thought the Kraken played pretty hard in this one. Glad to see them break the shutout instead of just giving up. Yeah, and you look at how that shutout got broken. It was just kind of by like a bunch of people in and around the crease, and you get a you know you get a lucky bounce. That's kind of what it takes sometimes. Yeah, geeky immediately net front with the tip that was very close, just going in itself. I was surprised that didn't just go in. But then you have guys following it up uh, on that with Schwartz coming in. Like that is that's the old fashioned way. That's how you score goals on a hot mm -hmm. goalie. Yep. Stratic sprung tan of Donato played okay, but got flurried. Other than that, I'm not sure any Seattle line massively impressed despite outshooting the Wild. Now, I mean, they maybe didn't impress, but there was still tons of time where the, the puck was in the Minnesota zone. I mean, there was a lot of time where the puck is just in the Minnesota zone, cracking or cycling. I mean, there was some great shifts from like the, the Maddie line. It just they weren't able to really generate offense or even all the time, you know, shots at times off of it. And that's a problem. The other thing, 0 for 3 on the power play. Again, you pick up a couple goals on a power play, especially early in a game. The entire rest of the game changes. And this is, again, something the Kraken have to figure out if you want to win games in the playoffs. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but it's, it's true. There's no way around that fact. Exactly. And that's probably my biggest criticism of the Kraken's game tonight is just the, the power play and, and kind of how little, uh, you know, movement, how little, uh, you know, just creativity on it we saw. And that's been the story all season. But um, the one thing I'm like, steal that too, um, with the wild on, I think it was their last power play that they got that low to high play, you know, they mm -hmm catching um, uh, Eric Sinek in the slot there yes. where you had Boldy kind of moving across uh, the crease basically to get lost. So you couldn't find him down below the net. You move the puck to him quickly. He moves it immediately to Eric Sinek. Like, Crack and try that. Do that. Like, especially like if York strand in front, move Wenberg from right to left and do that kind of thing. Uh, lots of things like that. I'd like to see the Kraken power play try, but it makes a big difference in a game like this uh, mm -hmm. where you're desperate for a goal just to get into the game. Yeah, I remember Minnesota running that last year. Like, I don't know why every team hasn't stolen that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but like, yes, it's it could be that simple. Like, like just you have to draw it up. You get get guys to practice it, and then it works. Like, that's all that has to happen. And I don't I don't know. I don't know why it's so difficult uh, on the power play for the Kraken. I really don't. Uh, Pablo, this was a bad game. Yeah, it certainly wasn't a good one. Uh, AKA Jesus, just be honest. Our goaltenders are horrible. The sooner you admit it, the sooner it is to change. I could go, I could hop on board with with Grubauer being bad doesn't change his contract he's going to be this crack he's going to be the cracky goaltender for a while like it isn't going to change you know what I mean yeah for for better or worse yeah he's the goalie for the next several yeah. years going we forward. all know we all know Martin Jones probably not back next year uh, just because of Drieger decor all that other stuff but Grubauer is here for a while there's no way around that. Um, 
flower show for Marky. Definitely. It was definitely a flower show today. It's very unfortunate that this team has uh, tied itself to Grubauer long-term. Doesn't really feel like they're ever going to be able to get deep in the playoffs with him as the number one tender. I, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like if the team in front of him played better, he could be better. There's a lot of goaltenders like that, right? Like there's, there's like the elite tier of guys that can take over anything at any given time just because they're that good. And no, he's not that good. I would not put him in the top, you know, S tier of goaltenders, but Grubauer is one of those guys that, that can kind of play up or down to the level of team in front of him. And I feel like on nights like tonight, he's playing down to the level of the team in front of him. And, and so it's not entirely on him. Again, talking about the contract, I would have never signed him to that that contract. I know you're in agreement about that. Like we talked about Very that at so. the time. Like at the time we talked about that, you know, probably not being the best case scenario. But knowing that he is here, we have seen the flashes of him being, uh, you know, the guy capable of winning a lot of games with the Kraken. It's just the Kraken also have to be playing well in front of him. He is not going to steal a series for you. Correct. I'll give you that. But that doesn't mean he's he's, you know, trash or he's going to lose you one either. Uh, right. Sarah, oh, sorry, go, go for it. Sorry. No, well, I would say there aren't many games that he loses you. It feels like a lot of the times that we're talking mm -hmm. about Philip Grubauer and, and having a rough game. You know, we're in a post game just like this talking about it. We're juggling that with several other issues that also happened in the game, just like tonight. There aren't a whole lot of games where it's just that's the one difference is you played well enough to win and Grubauer didn't hold up his own end of the bargain. And so in the playoffs, it, it's just it's about how the team in front of you does. Yeah. And I know I know I'm pushing back kind of hard on that one, but it's just because I, I really do feel there are things about this team that. You know, if they were more improved, if they could clear the zone, if they could handle net front defense better, if they could score on the power play, that I really, really do think that all of those things would make a much bigger difference for the Kraken than swapping out goaltenders, right? Yeah. Or having to be somebody fair, that's different the thing, like, group power. I think you can find a fair amount of goalies who where that will be the case, where they'll play as well as the team in front of them does, and that's why I yeah. don't support a contract like that. But, you know, Grubauer is not losing you games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, studs, I made sushi during the game and it's absolutely baller. Duds. Oof. <laughs> That's a, very accurate, uh, Sarah. Glad the sushi is good, though. Lindsay, they didn't even have uh, Kaprizov tonight, Dylan. I know. And that would that would obviously you know make the Minnesota Wild a little bit better. But also right now without Kaprizov is why you've got Boldy going off. And so you add Kaprizov back in just around playoff time. Chemistry always gets messed up by stuff like that. OK, I'm telling you. It could it could actually favor the Kraken early in a series, him coming back in a weird way. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> I'm I know I'm reaching. I know I'm reaching. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, so it's great to by the Kraken. Let the Wild win easy. That way, in the first round of the playoffs, they take us lightly and Kraken sweep Wild four nothing. See, they're on board. That's what it's all <laughs> I about. guess so. I feel like they could have let them have it easier if that was really the strategy. I mean, they they didn't make it easy on the Wild early. Yeah. yeah uh sarah i do love the boys hustling to prevent the shutout i'm always going to love this team i am too it's their their effort level and everything is so good uh stratic i wouldn't mind uh seeing minnesota if buoy kidnaps mark andre Fleury and keeps him in Bowie's uh sub cpa layer for the duration of the series i mean never say never yeah i mean if anyone could pull that off i think Bowie could do it um 
They'd have a fun time together too. It's not like a situation where where Flurry would would you know he would be treated well. I think you you better treat him well, otherwise I'd, yeah. I'd get mad. I think we all would because we all love Mark Andre Flurry. You can't hate the guy. But uh, yeah. yeah, just give him a nice, cool you know place below CPA for the duration of the series. Yeah, you know he gets locked in a broom closet. It happens. It happens. It just does. You know. Um, X Kid Z sigh from the highs of last game to the lows of this game. Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, TBK was so busy today, I genuinely forgot a cracking game was going on tonight. Looks like I did not miss a banger, though. No, if you were to miss one, this is one to miss. <laughs> yeah, definitely a good one to miss if you had to pick one. Yep, uh, Strad, clip Dylan's anti wild take now, go for it, but also clip this. Or you know what? Make sure you got the very beginning of it where I just said I would take Minnesota over a Vegas, Colorado, or Dallas series. I'm not saying that it's a guaranteed win. I'm not saying any of those things, but I do think that they would be an easier and better matchup for the Kraken than those other three teams. I still think Kings number one. I think that's the way to go. I think you can get lucky against Edmonton if certain things happen for you. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But I, 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 I think... I would choose Minnesota over those other three teams. Those other three teams scare me more. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this debate too. On on, I'm guessing next week's podcast will yes. probably really break this down about what playoff opponents we want and don't want. Um, it'll be cool to see some uh, disagreement there. I'm just saying, if you choose Dallas, because that's probably like the other worst option of those. Uh, you choose Dallas. What you just want to lose every game in the last minute or watch them tie it every night for seven games. Like, come on, everybody, you know? Yeah, that, that is no fun. <laughs> That's my 4D chest to try to take to try to salvage the situation here. Uh, Edward, hey, which team still has 100% shutouts in their wins in the season series, huh? I think we know who the real winners are. <laughs> All right, see, so Edward's on board with me trying to stretch positives. <laughs> really yeah. Try to make this all work. Oh, yeah, this is the first game... Um of the season series between these two teams that wasn't a shutout for somebody yes. even though it kind of felt like a shutout for somebody yeah it was um yeah that is a big deal make for kyle, an interesting playoff series yep kyle couldn't catch the game but it sounds like flurry over kraken all day yes definitely yeah. you got it uh ty do we talk about how they changed face off centers went full attack mode and tried to skate through different look than usual for us and it worked again. Like we were able to win the face-off battle on this one. That was a big, big deal. Uh, I do like that change for the Kraken. I'm just not convinced that we'll see it past this game. Yeah, exactly. It's the kind of thing I wouldn't be surprised. They just go back to normal after this one. Maybe there was something they looked at on film that, that with the wild and how they approach face-offs. I don't know, uh, but it's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, in their next game. Yep. Daniel, Joey, 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 bring him back. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Lonnie, can you explain the first penalty for goaltender interference? Flower was so far out of his crease that I thought he was trying to start a fight with Gru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, on that that first penalty, or I can let you handle it, Dylan. No, I was going to say, if you if you want to, you're better about that kind of stuff. You know the rules uh, better, at least the language of the rules better than I. But I had kind of the same thought. I was like, Schwartz is 
is basically just jumping in one spot. Flower is still coming out into him. I don't know how that's on Schwartz. Well, that's the thing. I don't know that Flower is coming out into him. And just because a goaltender is out of their crease doesn't mean they're fair game for contact. And and the way I saw it, and again, I only saw it, you know, kind of a couple times they showed on replay, but it looked like Flurry was more or less set in his position to make the save. Schwartz didn't know where Flurry was, but he was still moving. And when he came down from that jump, basically landed on top of him. Um, and so you it's the onus is on the player there to be aware of the goal where the goalie is and not make unnecessary contact. You know, that gets negated if you're pushed in by an opponent. It, but Schwartz clearly wasn't on that play. So yeah, the crease, um, you know, isn't the only determining factor there. Yeah, no, I knew the crease wasn't, but it still just felt like Schwartz, like if if he's just jumping in place, like how is that on him, so to speak? It wasn't obvious, like oh, I'm jumping like into you. You know what I mean? That's the part of that I that I was confused about. Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm looking back at it now. He was not jumping in place. Flurry was pretty much set. He was he was moving backwards and he kind of stopped. But like from where he starts the jump to where he lands, it's it's a good couple feet difference. Okay. All right. Well, then you know. And and that second angle on the replay kind of shows it as I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Um. Try that he stuff is, against. He is moving. Yeah. Try that stuff against Ottinger. It doesn't work against Flower. I I do know that. Flower isn't the kind of goalie that you try to give a bump to early in a series and see if you get into his head. Flower does feed off of that kind of stuff. You do that against yeah. a Jonathan Quick. That's that's who you do that against. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let him lose his head there. <laughs> yep. You get somebody, you know, a Hayden type who's only going to play six minutes a night, but his whole job is just to harass Jonathan Quick, and it'll work. You'll, you'll get a win. Um, Groovy versus the Abs is nearly a guaranteed good series for us, especially with the injuries from Abak. I just, the Abs scare me, RJ. I mean, they're guys, you got Rantanen. McKinnon, McCarr, like any of those guys can easily take over a series by themselves. For sure. I, man, I'm looking forward to this next podcast episode because I'm yeah. going to probably make the argument they're, they are near the best case scenario. So this is going to be really fun. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I don't I don't love their depth. I've talked about that, but I still I just I worry about the Kraken's ability to deal with some of that. Um, X Kids ESPN broadcast talking about being concerned about the Kraken's lack of physicality during the playoffs. What are your guys thoughts on this? So we talked about this a little bit on the deep dive earlier today, RJ, and we both kind of came to the conclusion that the Kraken have to lean into embracing their depth scoring, lean into embracing the Daniel Sprongs of the lineup and just kind of go with that speed and try to win in that way because it's what the roster is is kind of built for right now. Yeah, you just don't have the players to play a, a super physical game. We, As much as they have guys who have size like a Carson Susia, Jamie Alexiak, we just we've seen enough of those guys to know kind of what their game is and they're not going to be especially punishing and especially they don't have the forwards to go in and, and really forecheck and do that kind of stuff where you're you're laying bodies on on opponents maybe brandon tanev can do it a little bit but yeah i mean the kraken are never going to really out physical another team in a playoff series as they're built right now so you might as well lean the other way and just try and outscore them when you've got the bottom six on the ice Right. And these last two Nashville games are the perfect example. The first game, they tried to be physical and match Nashville's physicality. And we saw the result of that one. It was a 2-1 loss in overtime. In the second one, they just said, let's just go and be better than this injury depleted Nashville team. And they won 7-2. It's pretty obvious what the Kraken need to be embracing and what, what they're built for. Lindsay, okay, but even if Flower is cold, Philip Gustafson somehow had a better save percentage and goals against if we get him instead. 
Gustafson, though, has also been streaky. I know this because he basically ousted me from the fantasy playoffs. So he had like just brutal stretch while I had him. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm not sold on him, but I'm biased. Yeah, I mean, he's still a very good goaltender. He's had yes. a good season. Yes. Um, it's going to be tricky in that no, no matter who they face, if it's Minnesota. Right. And, you know, also part of the, the whole situation around Minnesota and their goaltending is also their defense. I mean, this is an, it's an incredible defensive unit in front of them, RJ. Yeah, they maybe don't have somebody that you're like, oh, wow, that's like, you know, Duncan Keith in like 2010 or something, right? Where it's just like this one player is so fantastic. But I, the fact that I know and could tell you uh, like the play styles and all that stuff around all six of their defensemen, because they're really like all six, like borderline, you know, two threes on a lot of teams tells you that that's an incredibly deep group. And I think what we saw tonight from them is they do a very good job of keeping their goaltenders sight lines open so that they can make saves. And they do a good job of not allowing people uh, inside for rebounds. They don't allow passing through the normal passing lanes that, that most teams want to take, including the Kraken. They're very, very good at locking those things down and then letting the goaltender make the saves they need to. Minnesota all year long has allowed a ton of shots on goal. That's not They're not known for shot suppression but they're allowing a lot of low quality shots get through to their goaltenders. They're easy saves for their goaltenders. And then, you know what? Their goaltender stats look a little bit better because they're making a bunch of junk saves that helps their inflate the stats a little bit, but it also does help their goaltenders gain confidence because they're making a bunch of saves. So I do think that the defense needs to be brought up when we talk about the, uh, the flower Gustafson talk as well. Yeah, no, you make a good point there. Uh, Steve Dog ESPN does it all the time during baseball games too. Yeah, but baseball games there's a lot of downtime while it's you know in play. So I, I'll yeah, you it. need to fill that time. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We wasted all our goal support in Nashville. Got to score a few to give ourselves a chance. Still missing Berkey, but my hot take is that he isn't anywhere near ready and will miss the playoffs. That's from Lindsay. Uh, we talked about that on the deep dive earlier today too, RJ. And you know what? I am all ready to look the fool if, if you know, team comes back to Seattle and he starts like practicing Wednesday or whatever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Uh, yeah. Day off team day off tomorrow and they will be practicing again on Wednesday. So of course I'll, uh, be reporting from that one yeah uh let's see uh habak i knew i wasn't crazy for believing most of those goals weren't on groovy very thankful for you guys doing these post-game lives and keeping me sane some people online need to touch some grass like it's it's totally it's rough with goaltending because it is you know it can the numbers for it look very black and white and it's just like, well, if you allowed the goals, that's bad. But it doesn't take into context the way the game is actually played. Like, there's just so much, there's so many other factors that go into whether or not a goaltender is going to make a save that if you really want to try to analyze it, you you have to try to take in all of that information. And But I understand why it's hard, because then it is a ton of information that you're trying to break down, a lot of which can be subjective. And that's where things just get super muddied, and it's it's tough. Yeah. And, and also just again, with the contract too, I think feel like that's hanging over evaluations of every single game that he plays. People have the contract in mind instead of just seeing, okay, in this particular game as a goalie, take the pay out of it. You know, what's yes. he doing? Right. Well, and I feel like that plays into this next one from Bernd Krem. Seriously, Grubauer is the weakest leak on this team. Please stop with it's not his fault. That contract is going to hinder the franchise for years. We knew it last year and it is confirmed this year. Again, we're not fans of that contract. We would not have signed that contract. We've been on that boat from day one. But realities is 
it he's here and he is going to be here. So let's try to work around that. And I still think that those other things I mentioned for the Kraken, clearing the zone, playing better net front, scoring on the power play. Again, those to me make bigger differences and change the outcomes of games more than Philip Grubauer being in net versus Martin Jones or Joey Decord. That's the bottom line in my mind. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, so again, it's not that I'm like trying to defend him. Oh, nothing's his fault. All that kind of stuff. It's just that I think there are bigger problems that are costing the Kraken more than him. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this game is a perfect example. Like could Philip Grubauer have played better, maybe given you one or two more saves. Absolutely. You Does that mean lose. you win this game? No. <laughs> yeah. You're still losing. So I don't know. Uh, let's see. Becca's in favor of the Gruby Joey tandem. I I'm, I would be too. I'm fine with that. Uh, Daniel didn't see the game because I'm an old gray hair and still pay for cable. Did Jones give up a goal on that first shot that came against him? Did the Kraken even try to get redirects net front? Uh, Jones didn't give up uh, his goal on the first shot against him. I think it was the sixth shot on, on Martin Jones. Something like that. Yeah. And then uh, they didn't really establish a net front presence. No, Daniel. That's and that's part of why I think they struggled today. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, I'm way more, I'm way more worried about the Kraken's abysmal power play than the perceived lack of grit and toughness they were harping on in the broadcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that, totally. cause that's also how you, again, when you have a physical playoff series and this stuff adds up, it gets dangerous when the other team feels like they can take liberties on your players with relative impunity because you can't make them pay on the power play. That becomes a real important issue in the playoffs that you don't see as much in the regular season. Um, but it can be almost kind of physically dangerous to your players to have a bad power play. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, uh, Bernd Krem uh, talking about that as well. They're not wrong. It's why every contender goes and gets physical guys at the deadline. You're also correct. The power play is very bad. Um, I mean, certainly having physical players like that work. That's why we were very much in favor with Hackstall of bringing in John Hayden instead of a Daniel Sprong and trying to make the fourth line that way. The problem is John Hayden got hurt and he was your best option there. Uh, now you have to work with what you have and that's Daniel Sprong and that doesn't support trying to play physical. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not, overly hopeful about the Kraken's chances at a long playoff run in general. Uh, but, and you know, it just because, uh, but I do think that their best option given who they have available to them is to try to lean away from the physical approach, try to lean into depth scoring. I just think it's their only path. Yeah. And it's hard to blame anybody for, you know, what happened with Hayden. Like they had their physical player ready to go, decided upon. That was the plan. And then when he comes out, goes out for the season, like, what can you do? You, I guess you could trade for another guy at the deadline, you know, for redundancy if something should happen to Hayden. But you're not in a position right now to trade futures for a, a backup physical player. Right. It didn't make sense. We, As we saw with the Kraken, they didn't make really any moves. They said, look, we're just going to kind of see what happens. We think we're a playoff team. Our competitive window is later. That's what we're going for. Uh, yeah. Hunter, 5.9 is hindering a team. Lowell Cap is going up. Also, Wenberg and Eberle are coming off the books at the end of next season. Flawed argument. Talking about the, the, the groovy contract stuff. I mean, it's certainly not helpful because it, what it means is if you go out to get a different goaltender, then all of a sudden you're spending... 10 million on goaltending 11 million on goaltending against the cap and that's where it starts becoming hindering it's the term it's and it's the term of it all that that is that is frustrating with it but i do agree i mean 
overall the the cap situation for the Kraken looks very good as of right now but this is also pre Vince Dunn extension pre Maddie extension pre Shane Wright extension bridge deal a couple years from now it, the situation will change pretty quick soon enough um let's see lots of talk about that Becca why is the chat so feisty tonight so it's all about the it's all about goaltending it really gets everybody going I love it um <laughs> let's see hey, AKA hey, I love the Kraken too but tough love man <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh Burn Krem pointed out too most of that will go to Don agreed um absurdly saying Marc-Andre Fleury and Bowie would be a bromance for the ages too it really would totally they would get along Oh, and I like this from from Becca. Classic flurry uh, pranks. Could you imagine? That's that's really how Bowie would would keep a flower distracted through a series. It would just be by starting a prank war because Flower can't let that go. We know this about Flower. He can't. He has to try to win any prank war he's involved in. So if Bowie can just really get him good, just to start something off, Flower will be completely off his game for all the games at CPA. Completely. Totally. That that sounds like a strategy there too. I, I bet Bowie could hang too. It'd be a good prank war. It would be really, really good. And can you imagine then, you know, Bowie just down at the glass around him during the stoppages. Flower goes to take his little lap to the right side there. And who's who's there waiting for him? It's Bowie with some sign hinting at whatever prank he just pulled on Flower. <laughs> you know, like, hey, you better, you know, wait till you find out what's waiting for you back in the locker room. You know, just getting his head, stuff like that. I think it would be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh daniel what happened to the fight at the end of the game so we had um what's which shaw is it i always uh, want to mason it's it's m shaw right. uh yeah mason shaw yep M mason shaw of the wild uh there was a puck up in the air uh susie was waiting to kind of you know paw it down and uh mason shaw hit susie as he was doing so so obviously his eye you know, he was not being prepared to be hit. He was focused on doing something else. Um, obviously took out, took to, took down Susie in a big way. And so Yanni Gord was standing up for his teammate and Carson Susie there and kind of started a fight. And it was, it was a fight, I guess I'll say. Yeah, not too much to that fight. But really, I think the whole incident was just a bit of message sending both ways. Because you look at that hit. It's a it's a clean hit. Nothing wrong with it. But it's not necessary. In in no. a 5-1 to one game with a minute and a half to go, Like you can just kind of let Carson Soucy bring that puck down and make a play with it. Um, or, or wait to check him until he has, you know, he has his eyes back down. So, But it's a clean hit. But I think that's a bit of a message sent there by Shaw. That, yeah. look, even though the score is what it is, we're going to fight you the whole way. We're not going to give you anything easy because this very well could be a playoff series. And then, of course, after that hit is delivered, it's clean, but Yanni Gord goes in there and says, yeah, you're not going to be able to get away with this against us. You know, we're, we're not gonna, just going to let you yeah. off the hook after that. So a little bit of messages sent on both sides. Yeah, and, you know, I, it has to be on both of their minds, too, that they could be facing each other in the first round, that that is a realistic possibility. So you also want to send that message on really either side, whether it's Shaw making that hit or it's Yanni Gord standing up for his teammate that, hey, if we see you guys here in a couple weeks, understand that, you know, things are not going to be easy or this game isn't going to go the same way. All of that kind of stuff um, needs to be sent. And yeah, I don't fault Gord for for sticking up for his teammate there in Susie. And yeah, I don't know why Shaw made that hit. Um, he didn't seem to really know why he made that hit either, which was, <laughs> I thought kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hunter, I imagine Dunn will get $7 million, So that leaves roughly $6 million in cap space from the $9 million in cleared space. 
Um, I think I think Vince Dunn is playing his way into more than seven million, aren't you? Agreed. I, I think he's working his way toward eight or maybe even more. Yeah, eight, eight and a half is probably where we're at. Super chat here. Let me scroll down from light. Our PK has had 80% efficiency since the Edmonton game. Why am I reading everywhere that the PK is still dragging us down? I don't know where this is coming from, RJ. Like it's other than it's just it's in everybody's head that our PK was really bad because it was unbelievably bad for a very long time to start the season but really it should be everyone saying the power play like it's not even like oh that got fixed and now there isn't a thing so everyone's just still harping on that it's like no there's actually a legitimate thing to be talking about like that and it's the power play yeah definitely i mean you look at the special teams there should be kind of no debate at this point about which uh you know is the bigger problem for the kraken and and yeah i mean i'm, I'm looking at where they rank on the pk like over the course of the season they're still 26th in the nhl but a lot of that is is front loaded you know 74.9 yeah. percent on the season like you know 80 plus percent that that's definitely in the top half of the league at that time so i, I think the pk has gotten a lot better including in some really tough spots that they've mm -hmm. stepped up in in recent games to uh, against some very good power plays oh exactly i mean they've been really clutch when they've needed um it to be they've been able to uh keep the team in games at times when they've needed them to be like there's there's a lot of aspects about it i mean the fact that they're up around 75 percent now remember they were under 70 like into december something crazy like like under 70 like unbelievably bad us in vancouver just down at the bottom like that um yeah i i think they've made great great strides i think that's just people not really doing the research or they're just looking at where they rank for the full season when they when they talk about the pk but uh yeah if you if you've been following the team closely like all of us have been we all know the the special teams issue is uh is is the power play for sure yeah uh, let's see, let me come back up, try to figure out where I was here. Lindsay, nine games left in the season down to single digits after tonight. How are we feeling? Alleged easier opponents coming up, but a lot at home and two back to backs. <laughs> yeah. Some, some scary stuff on that schedule, but I, I'm still feeling really, really good. RJ. Yeah, I, I am too. And you look at the opponents. I mean, there, there's still a few teams that, that should be able to just, you know, play you and, and beat you in the way that that minnesota had like where they can finish really well we'll see how the coyotes end up being have the kraken played them at all this season are all the games lumped into april i i think all the games were lumped into april and we kind of joked about that at the beginning of the year because they certainly haven't gone to mullet arena yet and yeah i don't see them i'm like doing a quick scan but yeah i don't see arizona yet so so that's going to be a bit of an unknown. I, the Kraken have had problems with Arizona in the past, but again, that was last year's team. Very different than this year's team. I'm interested to see how those two match up because the Coyotes, mm -hmm. again, they play you tough. They make you work for it. So that should be a good measuring stick there, you know, for the Kraken as far as putting the effort in and making sure the effort is on point. But ultimately, no, I'm not too worried. You look at the next game against Anaheim, they really ought to win that one. Like they're, yeah. they're, there should be no problems there. They have enough of those games that you should be able to collect enough points. Right. You're a better team than the Ducks, the Coyotes and the Blackhawks for sure. And I think you're a better team than the Canucks. And realistically, they've played very well against the Kings. So the only games left on the schedule that I'm worried about or that in my mind we can kind of soft pencil in an L would be the last two games against Vegas. But the rest of the schedule, they're going to win enough that the playoffs are, you know, it's they're going to be fine. Uh, as far as making it anyway, yeah. it's all going to come down to who they end up having to go up against.
Uh, Scott, who do you want to play in the first round? Is this a playoff preview? Uh, we're going to be doing all that stuff on next week's deep dive because we wanted to wait for this Minnesota game so we could you know, see how they played against them. Uh, but I think we're in agreement of the available choices, LA. Yeah, I think we, we can want. agree on that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Levi, six of the nine remaining games finish at home. What do you think our record is to finish the rest of the season? Uh, I don't know, RJ. Like, let's say got these nine games left i could see five and four or six and three yeah i think that sounds about right i'm checking the calendar let's see uh because like i said i'm not overly confident about the vegas games and figure maybe arizona in arizona gets you just because they get everybody in arizona i for think some you, i reason. think you take some reason like two out of the three against arizona if i'm doing, yeah. doing a quick math um you know you, you beat anaheim probably LA and Vancouver, I think you you win one of those because Vancouver's weird. You probably yeah. beat Chicago and then, you, you know, you maybe pencil in those two Vegas losses and, and that's that. Yeah. Uh, Ty bringing up a good good point here. Dang, we just came off a five out of six point series and people are like, we're getting swept, lol. And we did that against Dallas and Nashville. I mean, like a playoff team and a borderline playoff team. Like these weren't like bad teams. It wasn't like, oh man, we just swept through Anaheim and San Jose. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's just one game. You do got to remember that. Keep it in. Keep it in perspective. Yeah. Um, Daniel six and three to get to nine hundred. I mean to get to nine hundred to get to eight hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nine hundred <laughs> points. Wow, that's that's Boston territory. <laughs> um, Bowie probably has a bunch of cool retro arcade games and bubble hockey in his cavern. So Mark Andre Fleury would hardly notice the time fly by while Flower napped. Definitely, Stratic. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Burnt Krem, this team is not built for the playoffs. Poor special teams and bad goaltending, the exact opposite of what all other playoff teams have. Right, but again, this this team wasn't built for the playoffs this year. And, and we know that because, again, they were the one team to not add at the deadline. Every other team, look at all the other teams right now in a postseason position. They all added. They made moves. Ron Francis didn't. And so I do think that that was kind of their way of, like, saying, you know, it's yeah, nice whatever whatever we get from here is a bonus. And and that's yeah. kind of, I think, the mindset. And I think we all have to kind of look at it that way. The Kraken mm -hmm. are ahead of schedule. They could have plugged some of those holes at the trade deadline, but it would not have been worth it long term for what it would have costed. Yep, for sure. Uh, I'm guessing we finished with 98 points at the end of the season, a.k.a. my birth year. Let's go. <laughs> would love to be proven wrong and hit 100 points, but this game made it much less likely uh, from Lindsay there. Uh, yeah, I... I I think 98 is probably spot on there seems based on what we just talked about daniel are you guys nervous at all about playing the coyotes they've been playing really well lately i'm definitely nervous about them going into mullet arena they beat everybody there rj i don't know what's going on i know they do the mullet magic is in full effect there um but i don't know maybe maybe if we could potentially get you to one of those games it might turn the tide well that's the hope anyway i still i want to go to one of those games so bad i want to see that it like in person uh but the fact that you get two of them at cpa the coyotes on the road this year 7 23 and 9 that looks pretty good i know the kraken aren't the best team at home but you know what that's that's a really bad road record that's a really bad road record um but yes coyotes are a good team they have some skill they've got you know good goaltender like they can make some stuff happen uh on any given night you can't take them lightly for definitely sure. say that super chat here from becca which team in the west has gotten the most dangerous since we last since we played them last it's a very interesting question thank Ooh. you for the super chat becca um i don't know i mean colorado probably 
Yeah, I would say Colorado is a good one because, again, they're getting players healthy again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Colorado might be a good answer. Let me think about that, though. Is there anybody else? I mean, do you, do you count, you know, Vegas because Quick has gotten there and kind of solidified the goaltending and now Logan Thompson's back, too. So Vegas, uh, Yeah, I maybe. think actually Vegas might be the answer because, again, the Kraken last played them in November. Yeah, so, I mean, they've they've really hit their stride, especially recently. Since then, I do think they're a much better team, even though they've lost Mark Stone. Actually, I don't remember if they had him all the way back in November at that point. Um, but, yeah, I think I think they've really come into their own. So Vegas might be the other answer. Yeah, I think I think it would be one of those, too. Um, but I'm still like, you know, a, as far as like the greatest upgrades made around trade deadline time, I think that was probably Edmonton. Person. Yeah, Edmonton made some really big ones. Although LA's aren't aren't uh, to be understated either. Again, Jonas Corpusal yes. has been very good for them. So, you yeah. know, we'll we'll see that very soon uh, for the Kraken. Yeah, I mean they they went from being like a around a you know net neutral goal differential team to now being plus twenty two, and they did that in a very short period of time. That's scary. <laughs> that is definitely yeah. scary. Uh, Sarah, don't forget to like the stream, y'all. Appreciate it, Sarah. Definitely. Um, Let's see. Uh, we get Andre Burakovsky back for the playoffs. Him and Philip Grubauer go off against the Colorado Avalanche for playoff round one for Joey there. Uh, I mean, that, that, that is possible. We've seen revenge series happen and play out that way, RJ. Yeah, you know, they'd be super motivated. And you know, we talked about goaltending. Is it good enough to win a playoff series? And there are a lot of questions around that. I feel the most confident for Grubauer against the Avs of any other team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Scott, according to some pundits, each home game generates approximately $5 million in playoff revenue for a club. That seems low to me, to be honest. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's, I think it's more than that. We, we ran some kind of the basic numbers, and it came out to even more than that. Playoff games generate a ton of revenue. That is why a lot yeah. of the bubble teams will try and go for it, because uh, the owners, I mean, they want that playoff revenue. Yeah, it's a, it is a big deal. I will tell you this right now. I mean, the Kraken on home games are making close to the five million just on tickets, not counting in parking, concessions, merchandising, all that stuff. We've run the numbers and stuff. Like, I mean, anybody can. You just look up the average price of a Kraken ticket and the and then how many you know seats are sold there, and you know that they're selling out most of those games. It's a it's a pretty easy you know dollar figure to come to. So. That might be because some markets and some teams really kind of drag down the average in the NHL. I will give them that. But when it comes to, like, say, a Seattle and the Kraken, that number is going to be much higher than $5 million. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, other problems aside, it'll be really interesting to see if our line depth can beat a top-heavy team in the playoffs. I hope so. It's boring hearing about the same stars driving scoring. It will be interesting, and maybe that is the case to be made for against a, a Colorado-type team, is that if you can just slow down the top line enough, your depth beats out theirs, again, leaning into like a Daniel Sprong-type approach. Maybe that is the difference. You know, I am open to that. It'll be an interesting case study, too, because teams that are built like the Kraken or like Vegas in their first year, they don't come around very often because the salary cap system kind of discourages that whole kind of team build. You really can't sustain it for very long. So there's only mm -hmm. limited times you even get to see a matchup like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Um, Ty, anyone else amused by the NHL headlines about star Ryan Reeves reacting to smelling salts? Lol. Yes, teach kids to huff. Good example, lol. Uh, yeah, he's been like all over social media all of a sudden lately. What's What has been all that about? I think it's that he scored four goals in what was it, seven yeah. or nine games after yeah. scoring zero all the way up till then in the season. Um, yeah, I guess what, what he's scoring even just a little bit like it's it's big news. And so you got to feature him. Definitely. Uh, good night, Brent Krem. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Daniel, even when he's good, uh, Gru has never been good for more than four games in a row. That's that's kind of fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, RJ needs to pitch this buoy prank war to Hackstall to form a strategy for the playoffs. At least tell the Kraken social media admin for some funny content, lol. If that series comes to pass, I, I may pass on a little something to the uh, to the social media team to see if they can start a prank war between Bowie and, and Flower. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Stratic, one physical fourth liner can help, but only so much if that's how you want to play. The Kraken defensive pairings are pretty physical top to bottom, but the top six forwards lack some necessary size. Yeah, but you don't necessarily want your top six to be the ones like out there grinding it out in the playoff series either. Traditionally, you but want them. To but score. when they can do it too, I mean, that's just yeah. super valuable. You would have guys that are that skilled but can also take the physical toll. Right, but then you know, should have traded for Matthew Kachuk. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They're they're, they're hard to come by. <laughs> yeah. They're valuable, but yeah. Um, I heard Bowie has a high PSAT score. Pranks, shenanigans, antics, and tomfoolery. I love that, Edward. That is that's getting a. a <laughs> capture here from me that's what that's getting kaylin on the radio they said gord started the fight because susie wouldn't fight someone smaller than him is that i don't know that i would back that up based on what i saw like because susie, yeah, I mean, susie immediately susie goes and cross checks yeah. him yeah like he was asking to go if anything shaw was like can i fight someone more my size right uh and gord was gord was there to, to do it um yeah. the intricacies of the code well, I was going to say, there's all sorts of weird stuff about that. I mean, I, I, you almost wonder if, if part of why Gord came in there was because of that was like, we can't let like Susie just destroy this guy. That's, you know, six inches smaller than him. Like we just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, I need to do this. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that played a role in it. Ty, I have to give Piper a shout out here. She asked Tolvi if he knew the fans were calling him Golvenin. He said, oh, that's a lot to live up to. This is the content I love it is it is it's phenomenal She's yes no, and piper job. is always there for us and for the memes like she is great um she she knows this stuff she knows what we enjoy yes habak we should gaslight and manipulate the abs into giving us kale mccarr ron francis is capable is capable of anything i'll even take adam fox i'll i'll take either of those guys yeah no complaints <laughs> here yeah um just gotta like do do one of those like classic like like three stooges things about like I give you 20, you give me 10, and then I give you whatever, and then whatever. Just do that with like Vince Dunn and his extension, you know, all around that go. and how many points they all score. You just get enough numbers going. All right. I'm telling you, Joe Sackick's abacus is not gonna keep up with it all. <laughs> That's pretty funny. If you're waiting, uh, let's see. If you're waiting for the puck, shouldn't that uh, shouldn't that be interference? He uh, Shaw wait waited to hit Susie until Susie did have the puck. It was yeah. just while so, he was yeah. still kind of coming down with it. So it's yep, technically exactly. Not. But yes, you are correct. If he had hit him before the puck got there, it would have been interference. Um, let's see. Uh, Rebecca headed to Seattle next week, and my game choices were Arizona or Arizona. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you yeah. pick? 
Yeah, let us know. Uh, might try to hit up Queen Anne Beer Hall for the away Vancouver game, though. Shout out to the sponsor. Yes, definitely. I would I would strongly suggest anybody go check them out. I, you know, get get it all figured out. Figure out what your order is and everything before playoff time, because then that place is going to really be, uh, you know, jumping for for cracking playoff time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. And make sure a pretzel is part of your order. Those pretzels are so good. I've been <laughs> craving pretzels one. Are very, very good. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, Lindsay, mullet magic versus Kraken road warriors. Unstoppable force meets immovable object. Who will come out on top? Hire me as the hype girl for TV promos at root lull. Definitely. You could, you would kill it in that role, Lindsay. All oh, day. for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Kraken Cove. How have none of the teams in the Western Conference clinched? It's a good point. There it's aren't any late. like truly great teams in the West this regular season. I mean, nobody's been able to really pull away. Um, and and I guess Calgary and Nashville have kind of been staying close, you know, as far as the teams that can yeah. catch them. But yeah, no, nobody lapping it, the field like Boston in the West. You know, wait till the end of the week. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, they'll, the clinch will come very soon. Probably Vegas yes. first. Yeah um let's see daniel seeing this team in the playoffs will make it easier to move on from the third and fourth liners we will not be able to afford after this season i know it it'll it'll help a little bit daniel haven't played la and vegas in forever it's been so long i mean this schedule has been wacky this year rj very much so i mean the the double games against the predators the three against the stars in recent memory coyotes coming up it's just it's just odd it's really odd. Uh, Light. Hey, guys, did some math. Our PK this month has only allowed seven power play goals on 38 penalties, and I believe this would be considered a bad month for us. You want to run that, R- run the numbers there, RJ? Right. Let's see. 31 of 38 is 81 and a half percent. It's, yeah, seven power play goals on 38 penalties. So, yeah, so, yeah that would be yeah, 31, 31 of 38. Yeah. So yeah. that would be, um, yeah, that'd be 81 and a half percent. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. That's top half of the league. Yeah, like, like there's where, yeah. Where would that rank season-wise? There's definitely yeah. nothing wrong here. Yeah, it's... I'd rank 11th in the NHL over the course of the season. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. JTT talking talking some stuff. Uh, Wild would be better when Kaprizov's back. Gustafson's playing better than Flurry. Kraken goaltending will not last in the playoffs. I, we'll find out. We'll find out. It's bottom line. Daniel, there are a lot of guys on this team that have done some incredible things in the playoffs. There are. And, like, come on. All we have to do is for the last two Vegas games, RJ, scratch Daniel Sprong, and he gets inserted back in the lineup for game one of the playoffs. We're guaranteed three games of Daniel Sprong goals. There you go. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Scratch him in the lead up just to get him ready. And Daniel adding to just ask Everly what Yanni did to his Islanders. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to not bring that up to Jordan Everly. I don't think you'll want to remember that. Yes, definitely. Wow, that is funny. Um, the Sprong banter is entertaining. Let's just fire all scouts everywhere since we only need stats. Haha. Good cost savings. You could pay the man then. Lol from Ty. Definitely. It's it's. There's nobody else like him. It's it's crazy. One of one. That whole situation yep. for sure. He is unique. Uh, Rebecca, I picked the Arizona behind door number one. All right, there we go. Uh, I saw that clip of the Bavarian meat blaster, and I think my seats are right behind it. Perfect. Good choice in the seats there. <laughs> yes. The What is it? The, the Bavarian meats. Uh, what's the official name? Something, sausage cannon or something like that. <laughs> it's still it's one of the, the coolest and most ridiculous things I've ever seen at a hockey game. And you just know people in Canada are freaking out about it. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, they they are jealous. I am sure. No, the Bavarian meets Bratzuka is what the Bratzuka. name is. It's even better. <laughs> they must have had Lindsay name it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that is really awesome. Uh, Stratic, don't sleep on LA. They have plenty of finishing talent, in my opinion, and are well built for playoff hockey. I totally agree with you, Stratic. It's just that we've been able to play, like, for whatever reason, we've got their number. Uh, yeah, or at least the matchup's just been better. Yeah, or at least we did earlier. That's all it is. Um, on the upside, this team will likely practice on Wednesday. Good time to get a reset and blow the ducks out of the pond from lights. I definitely like the play on words there. And yeah, I mean, I think that's what that game is all going to be about. We're just going to see this team go off. It's the perfect get right game. And, and you know, everyone's going to be eager to do that after this one. Definitely. Definitely. Ty, welcome to the depths. Lol. Brought slingers. <laughs> I'm like to be honest. How has this not become more of a thing within Kraken fandom and around the NHL? Like seriously, I know. I, I mean, I've seen. I guess I've heard this is not the first place or, or game or team or whatever that a sausage cannon like this has appeared at. But this is the first I've heard of it. It's just amazing. Also, right, what was cool is like a, a few games before the where they first broke it out, I saw them practicing it, like using it before the game. It's like hours before a Kraken game. And I'm just like, what is that? Is they're just firing these these brats into empty seats in the crowd? And I'm just like, I can't believe this. What are they gonna use this? It, it was it was amazing just to see them practicing it beforehand. I was gonna say, is this for the is this for concerts? <laughs> <laughs> what is this yeah oh man that must be that must be something to behold definitely Lindsay. that's how we motivate groovy to play better you got to give us some saves there are no bavarian meat brought zuka dogs for you guaranteed shutout exactly exactly oh man and stratic yeah la has a new number to get now post uh corpusalo and gavrikov agree that is true agree uh Habak, if we play la we have to put in jones doesn't matter how much la scores we will somehow win i can attest to that <laughs> yes exactly you can back us up oh man that's so good oh man uh light i was gonna make a silly little line picture like the others i've made on discord so far the names are mbe the freeway yanni line the depth charge fourth line and the one when he centers <laughs> i like that like i don't know if that's your if that's your uh your nickname for that line, but I like the the idea of it's just and the one when he centers. Yeah, no, that's like that's that pretty is, good. Like that's just good. <laughs> that's the way it is. And then I think this is a good one to finish off this post game live here from Edward. How do Dylan, RJ, and this community always get me smiling and laughing even after a rough loss? Love you all, ECH fam. Love you too, Edward, and love all you guys. This is this has been fun. Yeah, no, I, I love all of you. And this this is what happens every time. This like might have been this season, like one of the ones I was least for looking forward to go and talking about after. I was just like, what do you even, you know, what do you even make of this? But of course, true to form, you all have left me smiling and happy and, and loving this after an hour. So I've just thank you all for for being this awesome community and kind of being able to work through any possible game the Kraken could have together uh, and having a great time doing it.
Yep, absolutely. It's it's incredible. It's still the best part about doing all this. Um, I know we get to go to like games for free and all that kind of stuff, but still just being around the community, being able to chat with everybody on Discord, Twitter, in here for these live games, it is the it is the most rewarding part. Definitely, definitely. Uh thank you everybody for for joining us for this one. Okay, so that is the, the from light, that is the name for the line, the one when he centers. I like it, Rebecca. That sounds like a friends <laughs> episode. It definitely does. Um, thanks everybody for for joining us for this one uh yeah i mean we get to reset crack and come back home against the ducks on thursday should be a good one looking forward to it we'll catch you all uh after that one